Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back. Episode 90, Franco's World. Today's guest, very special guest, Jared Schwartz. Jared, what's up, guy? What's up, Franklin? Thank you very much for having me. I'm excited to be on this phone call with you. Yeah, no video. No video. Jared <laughs> told me before the thing started, he said, Frank, you're not going to go anywhere unless you get video, bud. Hey, I could be taking a dump and you'd have no idea. It's very true. He was just eating a lot before this. It sounded, I don't know what it was. It could have been some Indian food. It might be a bad time. That's why we got the lights. I was eating some Popeyes after a nice workout, you know. Yeah, Popeyes, I think they specifically said definitely eat it after a workout to build uh, muscle. Hey, it's bulking season. You know that's true. That's Actually, true. Uh, now, Balkan season. Well, I don't know. Balkan season. I think is over. It's it's shredding season now. You know. Get you right are there. asking the wrong guy, Jared. I'm six foot three and 160 <laughs> some pounds. I could blow away in the wind, man. I mean, you're asking know. the wrong. We guy. got no video, Franklin. I can't see you. Oh my gosh, this is two weeks in a row. James <laughs> also roasted me about like not oh, having video. Oh no. well, third time's a charm. <laughs> All right, where can the people follow you at? I'm tired of getting roasted. <laughs> uh you can follow me at the kid Jared T H E K I D J A R E D on Twitter, Instagram. Uh, you can find me on YouTube at Jared Schwartz. Uh, please check out my cartoons. Check out Only Feehands with Karen Feehan. That's O N L Y F E E H A N S. Only Feehands with Karen Feehan. It's Instagram. very funny stuff. Very funny stuff. He puts a lot of his stuff on his Instagram. You can check that out. Uh, yeah, the kid Jared, good follow. Make sure you check him out. He's honestly, and from my my lens, is not very down close on the New York comedy scene since yeah, I'm, I'm not in your perspective because you are seeing me over the internet. We have never exactly. Met. So so from my perspective, and and for, I guess from how other people might perceive you, you are the chillest person. <laughs> around you're the chillest comic around you're just so laid back and casual but in a good way it's not like lethargic it's just you're very methodical and you know all of your moves are planned out but you're giving it off as you're like the cool chill guy have you always been the cool chill guy or like what is the origin of that uh have i always been the cool chill guy i i me personally i want to say yes yeah. And I think my hometown friends would also say yes, but they would also follow with a but and be like, he's this and that. Right. But, uh, yeah. You know, I've always been the guy like I'd never drank in high school. I wasn't the drinker in high school. I was the smoker in high school. So like I would be in the corner just chilling with the homies smoking weed. And yeah. uh, that was really it. And it's funny because I didn't even know that when you tell people you're chill that they're automatically going to assume you smoke weed. So now like I can't <laughs> get rid of that stereotype that I smoke a lot of weed, but also mm -hmm. it's just my face. Again, you can't see me, but my people just come up to me and ask me, they're like, dude, are you high right now? And I'm like, no, it's just my face when I'm like yeah. dead sober. And, they, uh, are, they asking, are you asking you for weed all the time? Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's funny. Like people will come up to me and ask me for weed. I'll be like, I think I just look that cool. That's why they ask. But then, <laughs> I see, then I see my face in the mirror. I'm like, oh, that's why they ask. Oh man, I like how you um open your sets with like you guys, you y'all trying to chill. Like mm -hmm. that's funny. I what made you want to start saying that type of stuff? You know, again, I wish I had the freaking day. You know, on the date, on the thumb. Like I wish I had the exact day, but. I remember afterwards talking to someone, a veteran comic, and I go, hey, man, I just opened up this set where I was like, what's up? Y'all trying to chill? And it felt great, and people liked it. And, like, it just gave me, like, it, like, broke down that fourth wall of, like, me being one with the audience. And he's like, yeah, that was that's a great idea. You should keep doing that. And I just kept doing it. And for me, it's just it makes me comfortable being yeah. on stage. Mm -hmm. and then it just stuck and now people see me and they're like you trying to chill and i'm like yeah let's chill and then they're like oh no i was just joking and now i'm like oh so that's but this is up. great this is great because <laughs> a lot of comics have their thing and this is your mm -hmm. thing this is your like this could be your cornerstone thing you maybe you make t-shirts and hats right. uh right. i'm just thinking purely business but think about it not to name drop but all these other comics that have a certain thing like like uh burt kreischer takes a shirt off um Right. You know, uh, Mark Norman says he's Kevin Hart. Like those types mm -hmm. of jokes. Or like comedy. This is, yeah, he goes, comedy. 
Yeah, oh, comedy. Yeah. yeah, that guy just took comedy and made it his. That guy is absolutely brilliant. But that's not what we're here to talk about. Yeah, but again, like this is, I think this is a, a great thing that you do. I think it's uh, really unique. So just keep at it, man. Being the chill I, guy. I, I, do, I do appreciate that, man. Because again, you, you tell me I'm strategic, but I have no idea what I'm doing, you know. And I just started doing that, and it just stuck. And haters are coming along with it. Fans are coming along with it. So you know, I'm really just riding the wave of what it is. And yeah. I don't even know, but I appreciate <laughs> yeah, you, I appreciate you giving me your perspective on it. Because it just helps me put it into hindsight. But again, I don't really know what it is. You know? It will be funny, though, when you're like 75 years old and you're trying to get one last <laughs> round of tickets out there and you're like, y'all trying to chill. Like, yeah, that would be I funny. Hope so, man. I, I'm also just thinking about the future of it, too. I'm like, am I going to be chilling at 30 years old? And <laughs> I hope I'm not oh. still chilling at my parents' house, you know? Well, yeah, but I mean, like, <laughs> that's different. I mean, like, I'm about to hit 25 uh, in April. How old are you? Oh, sure. It sounds like we're uh, 96 boys. Yeah, dude. Yeah. 96 yeah. boys. Franklin, what? we're connecting here. We're connecting. That's here. it. Like it. That's it. Yeah. Forget the yeah, whole get to know you boys. thing. Let's just like, let's just form a friendship right here. I, I love it, man. We're, we're chatting. We're chilling. What, what else more could you ask for? When were you, when were you born? Uh, December 96. Oh, December. Okay. I'll be, 20, oh. I'll be 25 as well this year. I can't Heck yeah, man. All right. That. Well, okay. Uh, man, this whole threw, threw a loop in the whole show because now I could talk to you about your big. Are you a big music guy at all? Uh, no, not one bit. I okay, like, never mind. I like I'm, a big, I'm a big fan of Kanye West. So that okay. means I'm a fan of myself. Fair enough. Yeah, I'm a John Mayer fan. So I'm also a narcissist. <laughs> I mean, are uh, we they, all narcissists? Yeah. yeah, we are. And people don't admit that enough. They think like they give right. so much to other people, but it's like, when they say things like, I'm so caring, I, I give so much of myself to people, maybe I just follow mm-hmm. the wrong people and they tweet this type of stuff, but like that's mm-hmm. so narcissistic. They have to let people know that they do that in order for them to feel good about it. Yeah. Whereas the real narcissists will just go about their life and other people will call them narcissists for it when they're giving other people opportunity. I don't know. That's just me. I have no idea. But I'm very curious because you being uh, the, the chill, cool guy, were some of the comics that you admired growing up, you said you grew up in a funny household, your dad mm-hmm. was a funny guy, were they laid back or did you like the rapid fire, <sighs> bang, bang, bang type of comic? Uh, I would say like my top, you know, my top three, like people growing up that I would watch a lot, they're probably very chill guys, you know, it's like uh, the top five I would say is like, they're more, they're stand up, they're all stand ups as well as directors and, you know, uh, yeah. Like, uh, I would say, no no particular order, but it's like, you know, Adam Sandler, Jerry Seinfeld, mm-hmm. Larry David, Dave Chappelle, and uh, Seth Rogen. You know, those are mm. my guys. And if you follow, if you look at them, I think they're all pretty chill, laid back guys, you know? Yeah. They're, they're chill laid back in their own way, but they can also right. be very, like, very, very, uh, I mean, uh, I, don't, I don't know, blunt. Blunt is probably the right word. Right. Right. And I think I think I'm very blunt as well. I would say. I have unfortunately I haven't seen like a ton of your like straight up act. Uh yeah, I don't but have like, too much of it because I only have a few minutes. I can't be giving it out for free. That's fair. That's fair enough. You're just refining those minutes. They're in the refinery. Right. Yeah. But the only... material that you like to deliver, would you say it's um a lot of like I don't know, Seinfeldy type of like trying to make a minor thing into a major thing and how it bothered you? Or is it more no. philosophical? It's more uh, letting the people know who I am, and mm-hmm. hopefully they want to chill with me by the end of it. Ah, oh, okay. So you're, you know, the I whole mean, time like, you're... I lay it out. I'm like, hey, are you guys trying to chill? We're going to chill no matter... We're going to chill up here. I'm going to chill up on this stage no matter what for the amount of time I have. And yeah. here's who I am. If you want to chill with me after the show, you're more than welcome. You know who I am now. That's wow. what I try putting out. It's I got like the advice from uh, Seth Rogen, somebody like one of his YouTube videos of him performing at like fifteen. Yeah. All like they said, he said like he would go out and like, uh, <clears throat> he would go out in like a suit and try to portray this older person, and then like all the, the older dudes in the green room would tell him be like, "Hey, dude, you're fifteen. Don't talk about fifteen year old things. Don't spice it up for no reason. Just go out and talk about what you know and." That's really what I talk about just mm-hmm. in general. But the thing well, is, I don't uh, know the I audience just, know. sorry, go ahead. 
<laughs> no, I was gonna say, but the thing is, I don't know anything, so I really just talk about a lot of nothing in my life. <laughs> yeah, I uh, I tried to uh, like uh, talk about minor things a lot, and it and it turned them into major minor inconveniences, major annoyances type of thing. Right. Like that's, yeah. That's... that's what I like to do. Of like, I have this. Yeah. I've been working on this joke about Victoria's Secret and mm-hmm. how um, I grew up in a very religious household, and so when I was like twelve, thirteen years old. And I'm walking through the mall with my mom and I'm trying with all of my might not to turn over and look and see what secrets Victoria is keeping in there because I don't (laughs) want my mom to slap me in public. You know, like that's the type of stuff I'm trying to work on and stuff like that. But um, so you like Seinfeld. You like Larry David. Are you big curb guy? Big curb guy. Okay, let's talk curb. Let's talk curb because I, I need to know what you would have to say one of your favorite scenes is because I've been watching the swan killing Mm. scene on repeat for the past week. Oh, I really loved the the Trump hat scene that he had in the last season. That was fucking just brilliant. Yeah, I mean, it's so hard to choose because it's like every it's just every episode is just like you 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 know like so. What I did was I don't think over quarantine, but like maybe a couple maybe when I first got into comedy, I just watched Curb just on repeat. Yeah, well, just watched through the whole season and I just studied it and I'm like, oh, like. And I just like made like took notes and like of the time frames like oh how long was this how long was this scene how long was this scene oh okay it's just all two minute scenes put together all right and then like it just all ties back I'm like how does he tie it back every single time and you just yeah. know that he's gonna tie it back and then you you're just still surprised you're like this fucking guy I <laughs> I, I wouldn't I wouldn't say like the, my favorite I I really love the scene with the prostitute. And mm-hmm. he takes her to the to the he needs her for the hove lane because he needs more than one person. Right. So he brings her to the game. That's a really funny scene. It's just it's it's so much. Like it it there's too many. Uh, there's eleven scenes. There's too many to choose from. But those those stand out. I sort of wrote over quarantine. I actually wrote it a while back. It's funny. I wanted to bring it up when we talked sports. So maybe I'll save it. But I wrote like an episode that's like curb like where like something in the beginning happens and then something at the end, it ties back into it. And it's very, you know, that's where like everything I get. But it's also a life experience as well. That's what I want to say. What I wrote the about more Larry David stuff. I watch and I'm a big fan myself. Um, like mm-hmm. I find myself in everyday situations thinking like that would be a Larry David type thing. So the right. other day I got a story and then we could talk about, um, yeah. Sports I, I, <clears throat> yeah. Um, this, yeah. There was a sports card shop like an hour and a half away from me. Okay. Uh-huh. Um, and me me and two other friends, we go down there, we have a good time, we open up all this stuff, and my one friend decides to be a big dork and open up his nineteen eighties baseball cards at the dinner table. Uh-huh. Meanwhile, our server is absolutely gorgeous. Like the hottest mm-hmm. person within like a, a thirty mile radius. She is absolutely gorgeous. <laughs> and you know, we're you know, we're having a good time, we're laughing, we're chilling, we're not, you know, uh, sort of like provoking the situation, or anything, making a big deal about it. We're just living our everyday life. But our other friend, yeah. who's into Magic, which is like a card game. I don't know if you know yeah. what Magic the card game is. No, nah, it's kind of really. like uh, nerdy, like Yu Gi Oh type of stuff. Mm-hmm. And he's he's into that, and so he bought some uh, Magic cards. And my one friend was opening up his 1980s baseball cards, and he's like, "Are you gonna open up your Magic cards here too?" And he's like. No, I'm not doing that. I don't want people to think I'm weird, you know? Like, that's a nerdy thing. I'm not going to do it out in public. And then the really hot server comes over, and she goes, were you guys just talking about magic? And then we're like, uh, yeah. And she's like, my boyfriend plays it. There's a place a couple miles down the road that has it, and they can serve beer and play tournaments. It's really cool stuff. And I look at him, and I go, hear that, Clayton? Magic, huh? And I'm just thinking, Uh like, that's a Larry David, like, oh, look at that. The hot girl's into the thing that you think's nerdy. (laughs) But I'm very curious about the sports Larry Davidson. Yeah. Well, it's funny. Uh, just another thing, uh, as uh, I'll, I'll get to that, but just another thing that happens a lot often, uh, Jerry Seinfeld, you know, Seinfeld episodes always happen in life too. Like multiple times. Do you, you, you remember the Big Salad uh, episode? Oh, yeah. So the Big Salad where George uh, buys Elaine a salad, but George's date hands Elaine the salad and takes the thank you. And George is upset that she took, the thank you didn't say it was George who got it, you know? Right. And I've had multiple occasions of that happen. The most frequent one is I was at a comedy show and I have a very distinct laugh, 
that people on the open mics, you know, people on, it just happened yesterday. I was at a comedy show and somebody said something about my laugh. Cause I, I'll just, I, it's all genuine. Laugh. Sometimes I'll be like, ha, you know, like, and, yeah. and people would just like say, mention it. And I was at a comedy show and somebody was like, uh, who, whose laugh is that? That uh, you sound like, you sound like a dolphin and somebody else took credit for it. And I was like, they just big saladed me. <laughs> <laughs> or like right or like i remember uh this one was a little bit more fixed out where uh my drivers i passed my drivers uh was it my uh my driver's test and my grandma had brought me to the driver's test but she wasn't the one who taught me how to drive mm-hmm. but the instructor goes oh he is very good you, you taught him well and my grandma goes thank you and i go grandma you didn't <laughs> teach why would you take that thank you and I straight up said that to her, too. She's like, oh, it's okay. I'm like, I'm telling my dad. <laughs> and my dad was like, she just big saluted me. Oh, so at 16, you're out here being like, can you believe this? She right, the thing. right, at 16. And uh, so and here, again, like I said, I, I grew up on this because now I was writing jokes. You know, I've been writing jokes, and I want to touch on the, the Larry David uh, type of ordeal where uh, I wrote a joke. And I, well, basically, I wrote this scene in my episode, see, now I'm all over the place. Let me get to the punchline of it. This is my problem. I, I take too long to get there. But basically, no. when I was uh, going to a Yankee game, I was sitting uh, I was sitting field level, left field, right? And it's funny. I hope the people know you're a scout, so you know baseball. This is why I brought it up. Right. And uh, this, I think you will like it because you know baseball. If you don't like it, you might not get it. If you don't <laughs> know baseball, you might not get it. So I was sitting field level, left field at a Yankee game. So I go, I'm going to make a sign because why not? My other friend made a sign as well. He made his sign was like Alex Rodriguez for AL MVP. This was like 20, five years ago, 2015. I think it was like his first year back or something like that. Maybe 2015. Can you correct me? Uh, A-Rod? Yeah. We're probably like 08, 09. No, no. His, his first year back after steroids. Oh, I don't know. I couldn't tell you. I'd have to Google it. I think it might have been like 2015. Jamie, get on that. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know. Honestly, I need a guy. Uh, we all, I got guys. We all need guys. But my story, my joke that I wrote on the poster, I'm sitting left field at a Yankee game. Do you know who plays left field for the Yankees? Is at it Brett Gardner? Brett Gardner. So my sign says, I came here to rub Brett Gardner's head for three wishes. <laughs> and... And I put a genie bottle. I printed out a, genie, a big genie bottle, and I also drew in the smoke, and I put his head coming out of it. That's really detailed. And very detailed. I'm, I, you know, I'm an arts and crafts. I'm an arts and crafts guy through and through. Growing up, my yeah. mom always got me into arts and crafts. I wish they put me into the arts rather than sports because I would be way ahead in this career. Right. And uh, basically, so the story gets better because I bring that sign. I'm sitting front row second row whatever and I, I pointed out to him multiple times supposedly somebody said i got on tv never saw it whatever uh multiple times he acknowledges it in the ninth inning listen in the ninth inning he points to me and throws me the ball right wow. i had my glove with me i it's funny i was like 18 at the time bringing my glove <laughs> bringing your I, knew, I knew i'm gonna have a catch with brett gardner so i'm like i gotta bring my glove he's gonna throw me so listen to this i get the ball thrown to me but I have a full Little League team sitting next to me. Oh, no. So I then look like the fucking asshole. And to make things worse, my friends start a chant, give up the ball, you <laughs> faggot, give up the ball. And I'm like, you fucking scumbag. Next thing you know, the whole crowd chanting against me, give up the ball, give up the ball. And next thing I know, I give up the ball to the one little girl who was on the team and as I'm trying to give it, these kids are like fucking piranhas, bro, grabbing for the ball. <laughs> Just piranhas. I'm like, like, I'm like, I'm trying here. And then I give them the ball. They all cheer. And I turn around and I go, thanks a lot, guys. <laughs> like, I didn't earn that ball. You know what I mean? <laughs> That's very Larry David. I could totally see him, like, not wanting to give up that ball under right. any circumstance. Right. And so, basically, in the story I, I you know, I wrote is, I had ran into them earlier in the day when they were fundraising, but they were fundraising uh-huh. in the middle of the street panhandling, you know, that type of thing that they do yep. like as teams. So I have a, I basically, the scene is I drive up, I'm at a stoplight and this team is just 
panhandling in the middle of the street, little kids, and the parents are just talking on the sidewalk. And I'm like, this is fucking stupid. You guys should be doing like a car wash or like a lemonade stand. This is so dangerous. You, and I tell the mom, like, I'm like, you guys are fucking idiots. And then I later <laughs> run into them at the game. And then that just tell me that's not Larry that's David. That's a perfect full circle. I love that. Right. Right. So uh, any networks, if you're listening, please. Uh, it's a great pitch. Uh, that's actually, no, that's All a really right. good story, man. That's really good. Thank you. I appreciate that. And if you want, I, I want to send you, uh, maybe if you can attach it when you post uh, content for this, I can send you the video and uh, the poster. Dude, I mean, that's, yeah, I mean, that's perfect. I'll post all that stuff. That's genius. Yeah, yeah thank you. I got you. So I've been writing those, you know, that, that was 2015, I want to say. So, yeah, that, I'm looking at the date right here. I'm on my phone, 4-24-15. So, give or take, I've been, you know, that was a You've joke I wrote. this for years. Ago. I've been, I've been, I've been at it for years, man. You know, I was the class clown. I've been doing it. I, was just I like it, man. I, I found the career path for it. I, uh, my favorite Yankee of all time. And then I'll get to, I got another thing about little kids being piranhas when it comes to baseballs, but, right. um, my favorite Yankee of all time is Nick Swisher. Oh, he's great. Yeah. He's from my hometown. So I got to show respect yeah. to him. Oh, is he, is he? I didn't know yeah. that. But uh, I had to get that point out there. Um, so little kids <laughs> being piranhas with baseballs. This is this is nothing new. So my roommate was uh, playing for the trip AAA team for the Phillies in 2019. He was playing so AAA for the Phillies. Yeah. This was my, when you were at West Virginia, you said? No, when I was in – this was 2019. So I was living near Philadelphia, and my roommate was playing for the AAA team. It's in Lehigh Valley. And this is when you were a scout? Yes, sir. Gotcha. Okay, and so I would go to games a lot, and he was in the bullpen like for the whole game, and like the team would be getting killed, and you have these annoying kids be like, throw a ball, throw a ball, throw a ball, and mm-hmm. he's like, shut up, kid. Like these kids yeah, are yeah. unrelenting when it comes to. Oh, like, I've, I've, I've been there. Ball. I was, I was those, I was that kid for sure. Whenever I go to games, I'm like, hey man, I try to. Even nowadays, I'm that fan. You know what I mean? Yeah, I, I understand it. That's funny I, though. Yeah, but uh, all about perspective. Yeah. So you're a big sports guy. You're a big baseball guy. Um, like, would you say you? So you're a Yankees guy. I'm trying to piece yeah. together everything. You've had a very I've, fortunate I've childhood. Sports. Yes, for sure. Very. When fortunate. it comes to being sport, uh, a Yankees fan. Uh, yeah. I myself don't really have a team right now. I'm in limbo. You're in limbo. How do you? Yeah. How are you in limbo? Okay, so here's my origin. I, when I was a little kid, I loved Chipper Jones. I loved watching the Braves on TBS mm-hmm. every night. Then TBS lost the rights to the Braves, so I had no team. My sister moved to Pittsburgh. I watched the Pirates for like six, seven years. That's a poorly ran franchise. They'll never win anything. Uh, I get the job in baseball, and I'm watching four games a day, and it makes me really not want to be a fan of anybody, and it's just like a job. Right. Um, I, so now I'm a Mets fan. Oh, you just, can we end this? <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm just playing. It's funny. I, I, you know, even when they were in the World Series in 2015, I was like, eh. I had to go. I, I the thing is, I don't have any hard feelings for anyone, yeah. Unless like you really did something wrong to me, but like, like it's like my dad, like back in his day, you know what I mean. You hate the fucking Mets, so like, yeah. Me, like you know, our generation, we're more, you know, especially me as a chill guy. I'm just like, yeah. If they win, maybe I'll go to the World Series. I, maybe I'll go to the parade. Yeah, support. yeah, yeah. I don't no, really. I care. actually went to a a couple Mets games in like 2006, seven or eight, back like back in the Shea Stadium era. So like that's kind of like where like my little seed was planted where it's like you don't it's almost like you have teams that you like and teams that you hate like mm-hmm. or like you you have teams that you don't hate and teams that you hate and that became like the Mets a team I didn't hate and now it turns into a team that I like to watch and everything interesting but uh, I gotta ask because we were talking about this before the show and I know it's not the easiest of transitions but we were talking about Instagram before this and I know I know you got a lot of thoughts on this and I know you got a lot of ideas on this we had to unfollow just these <laughs> toxic, I guess would be the right word, spam accounts that were once really funny. And I don't know if well, it's us getting older or what well, happened. I was going to say this is a great transition because you probably have to unfollow the Mets mid-season. You know what I mean? Because it's just so toxic to watch. <laughs> True. You know I have I mean? to watch them blow another like not getting <laughs> lead. Uh, yeah, I mean, over quarantine, I just got D. Like, it's why I, I had a tweet, like, I knew quarantine, I knew the quarantine was coming to an end when I unfollowed all the supermodels I followed during it. You know what I mean? 
Because you See, I, like, I was never a follow model guy. I never followed him. No, I, I, I don't know. I was just like, maybe I'll have a shot with them one day. So let me follow them <laughs> now. And I'll be like, hey, I've always been a fan. You know, it wasn't yeah. just uh, now. But I, I don't know. It's just like being on. I was just on my phone so much. I was just like, I guess I need entertainment. And then like, I was like, all right, now I'm on my phone too much. I got to stop watching all this. Yeah. And also, I just wanted to fix that follower ratio. You know what I mean? That's what it's all about. Yeah, ratios, ratios <laughs> are a thing. And every now and again, people get caught in my in my in my uh, social media purges. And it's you know, well, they don't listen to this, so it doesn't matter. But there's a, it's a lot of people from like my hometown. And like whenever I, uh, you know, acquire enough follows from people that like you know, from from like hear the show or see me on TikTok or something like that and they follow me and it's like okay i could stand to lose you know a hundred or so so i unfollow all these people from my hometown so i don't have to deal with that mess right and that's my kind of my in terms of ratio because i know it you're not supposed to say it like you're supposed to say it doesn't matter but it kind of matters oh it totally fucking matters you know what i mean people people you know we was talking about this yesterday with a couple of comics like people will get booked who have never done stand-up in their life but they have a following so yeah. they will sell out. It's the business side of it, you know. And people people get caught up in the art form of it and forget all about the business side of it. You know yeah. what I mean? People, it's so funny. Like all all the like a lot of kids, will, you know, a lot of comics will make fun of me for going around or like posting boomerangs and doing shit like that. They're like, oh, but you're not you're not funny. You know, you're just posting. I'm like, that's also the business side of it, buddy. Like, don't don't be don't hate the player, hate the game. You know what I yeah, mean? Yeah, you definitely have to post. That's exactly what it is. You definitely got to post. You definitely got to have a following. You, well, but then it, I, it's it's just it's the devil. What are you? Gonna I understand do? if people want to maintain a sense of artistic integrity and they think that right. becoming an Instagram person is going to devalue their art. But how are more people supposed to see it in the modern era? Like it, like I mean, obviously you have a different view and you have a different experience than I do. But like. No one's just going to come up to you and after like seeing you at a hole in the wall mic and just be like, hey, come right for my TV show. You have to like get the content out there. Yeah, exactly. I agree with that 90% because you might be at a hole in the wall mic and someone might come up to you. So that's why you got to be nice to everybody. Oh, yeah. And that's not what I mean. I'm just talking about posting no, on social I know, media. I'm just saying the the chances. Oh yeah, posting on yeah, exactly. You will, you know, it's more. It's just more of a reach. It's like it's a platform that can only you can only gain from. Mm -hmm. In my opinion, you know, I mean, I was just talking to a friend earlier. She's like, "Why aren't you?" Because I I was reaching out to someone, and she was like, "Oh, did you do any research on them before?" I was like, "I don't need to do that much research." It was. I don't want to. I don't want to. I was. I was hitting up like an agent that I got from like a. A referred to from a friend and she's like did you do any research on him i was like what more research do i need other than he's an agent at this company and she's like oh you yeah. should look up his linkedin and then i was like oh i i have and then she's like are you on linkedin i'm like for what and it's just another social media that will just give me more anxiety but you know you just why <laughs> not be on it it can only add yeah you know i started I mean? posting the show on linkedin yeah, you, you've been booking shows on LinkedIn, you said? No, I started posting the show on LinkedIn. I haven't booked anything oh. on LinkedIn. Oh, oh well, I mean, I know people who book shows on LinkedIn. They're reaching out to corporates and they're fucking, you know, getting corporate gigs. The corporate gig, that's a, that's a whole entity in and of itself. Have you had an experience with that? A corporate gig? I mean, I've done a clean gig before. Uh, it was for like, a, I've done like a couple fundraisers. Uh, again, I'm very new. So like, I'm really just finding everything out. You know what I mean? I'm when I see people doing corporate gigs, like, I'll be like, hey, how do I get that? You know what I mean? I'll be like, yeah. what do I got to do to get that? And sometimes people will talk to you. Sometimes people won't. Uh, but, you know, it's really, again, I'm under three years in. So I'm just, I'm really just figuring everything out. Mm -hmm. So under three years in, so what was your origin in terms of uh, making you want to start uh, doing mics and stuff like that? The, the or uh, it's funny you say that i i mean again i've always yeah you yeah, we've discussed i've always been into comedy and i remember it was like four over four years ago now i me and my dad my dad were like yeah we're gonna write a sitcom and i remember telling my friends i'm like yeah me and my dad are gonna write a sitcom and i remember i told one friend that in confidence and then another the a mutual friend of ours I was hanging out with by myself after that and he was like yeah, yeah i heard you, you and your dad are writing a, a sitcom and he said that like almost mockingly and uh and i was like yeah and that's why i took it but then uh the real origin story is when i went to mardi gras 
I discovered Adderall for the first time. And wow. after I discovered Adderall, Adderall was uh, that flick of the switch in my brain and was like, all right, you <laughs> wanted to do comedy. Thing. Yeah, I mean, well, I just always had, I, you know, I, I self-diagnosed with ADHD, but then I really went and got tested and I had it because I eventually wanted the Adderall. And yeah. uh, it just helped me figure out what I wanted to do with my life. And that's exactly right after that. I took 25 milligrams of Adderall. I spoke to my boy for an hour. I was able to talk. I was like, oh, shit, I can finally get my words out in a sort of proper manner. And I think I can think things. I, I can almost like think things thoroughly, th- thoroughly now and uh, thoroughly through. Is that the right word? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Through. And I just started writing it in, in my phone. And I was like, wow. I also had all these stories from Mardi Gras. I was like, where do I share these stories? I have to tell someone. I can't just tell my boys. Like, that's not enough. They'll be like, all right, yeah. we heard them seven times already. So then I put on Facebook. I'm like, hey, uh, where can I go to an open mic? Somebody put freemics.com. You know, yeah. I, I remember I went. First one, sadly, I went. I don't know if you're familiar with the Laughing Buddha. I don't know if you know I've, about I've, that. I've heard uh, things. I have heard things. Yeah, so not good things, probably. But uh, <laughs> I don't care. And I went to their mic, and I luckily I did well. And I started going once a week to open mics, and I started finally. I remember I was working with my boy when I was, I was working as a lifeguard, and I would just we'd clean up, and I'd tell him all about like the few mics that I'm doing, and he's like, "Dude, you got to start like talking to people." And then next thing I know, I started talking to people. Next thing I know, they're like, "Yeah, you got to do this seven days a week. You got to get up an hour a week." And next thing I know, I'm full-fledged going seven days a week, meeting people every day. And then one thing led to another, and I'm chilling with the boys at open mics every day and now starting to chill at shows every yeah. day. And that's really just thank thank you to Adderall, you know? Dude, who would have thought? Who would have thought those right. chemical compounds turned well, you into you know who would have thought? All the teachers I had growing up. <laughs> because they <laughs> they Did definitely they want on your uh, report card and say like talks too much. Hey, yeah, that's exactly. Yeah, exactly. But my mom, thank God, she never got me on it at, at a young age. So I don't, you know, I don't know how the the balance, the chemical balance would be now. But now I'm able to feel like I can control it and understand mm-hmm. it much more. And uh, I think it's I think it's healthy for me, and just makes me uh, a better person. Well, that's awesome, man. I'm happy yeah. you found uh, that sort of feeling, no matter yeah. where it comes from. I'm happy but, I found comedy, you know? Yeah, exactly. It sounds like that's uh, your the the one true love is, is being mm-hmm. able to make jokes for people. And I've always said, like, I've said this on countless episodes, like, my goal when it comes to comedy is obviously, like, you know, make a career, but like, I want to be one of the guys in the, in the clubhouse. And I want to be like, when, when I'm on a show, I want other comics to be like, Oh, that's Frank. He's a good worker. I respect mm-hmm. him. I want to be respected by my peers. You know what I mean? Right. Right. That's uh, that's sort of my main goal. But yeah. And, and the thing is with comedy, you don't get respect. Even you'll do a fucking special and you still won't get respect. You know what I, I know. mean? But that's the thing. I love it. Cause that, cause I'm trying to think of like there's a job where it's like you don't get respected even if you do your job right. But like uh probably like, probably NFL punter. Yeah, even then they're still calling you a punter. It's like you you're <laughs> you know what I mean? They're like you could be doing better things. Can you be playing yeah, soccer? They're like, oh that's anybody could just kick the ball, yeah. Right, right. So I was thinking maybe like an accountant, but then even then people are like you know, like you do your job right, they're like, Okay, that's it, you're done. You're you're good. But <laughs> like, if you do your job right on a special, it, it doesn't matter, you got the special, well, your job like, NFL punter, you, like you have to punt the ball away. It's like, Oh my god, we didn't get anything going, we have to send this guy out there. And then if he shanks nah. one, it's like, Oh my god, he's worthless. Right. I don't know. I like to just come up with sports analogies for for d- some dumb reason. No, I, but, I like uh, I like it. Yeah, I don't know uh, if it Joey totally Ronaldo went, a, but it was there. That? I said I don't know if it totally went, but I I, I got I got where you were going with it. All right, that's just, <laughs> don't that's worry, just, the, thing, that's just the thing with comedy, dude. It's just like, you know, my sports analogy to comedy is uh, bowling. Wow, Joey Rinaldi has a, 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 a golf one. I have a baseball one, and you have a bowling. Really? One. What's what's yeah. What's his uh, a friend of mine has referred to boxing, which I get. Uh, what, what was Joey's? I mean, I he's, listened to it, but I think <laughs> he uh, said well, uh, he. What does he say? It's um, funny because he sucks at golf, so I don't know. Do you golf? Maybe, oh, maybe. Yeah, yeah. We were actually me and Joey were supposed to golf this summer, and then he was like, "Yeah, I just shot a one hundred and nine with my uh, 
uh, my brothers and his, or like a 145 with my brother and his friends. I'm like, oh yeah, we're not going. <laughs> yeah, dude. I, I, like, I, mean, like, I, I played high school golf. Oh, really? Yeah, only because I got cut from the baseball team. Oh, well, now you're making me sad. We could talk about golf. <laughs> <laughs> it, it doesn't matter because I got one great high school baseball memory in, and that's all that that one memory will outshine any memory I would have had. You want to, is that the story that we're going to hit on after this? We could, man. It's it's a great story between uh, family, and uh, it's very heartwarming. You know? oh, okay. Well, okay. It's an E60 story. All right. A little 30 for 30 basically, short. Basically. All right. And, so Joey's golf analogy or metaphor is that when you're golfing, you're playing against yourself. Yes, there's other people on the scoreboard, but like what Tiger Woods does does not matter. Like he can't do anything to hurt you. He can't go do anything to like mess with your game. You just have to play right. your game. And so in that's the sense him. of a friendly match. Yeah. That's, that's his golf. Um, I like that. Thing. You want to hear my baseball one? Yeah, yeah. Okay. So you're going to have to go out there every night. Uh, it's uh, like, think about it like a pitcher. So the best pitchers are the ones that know how to hit their spots. They might have to learn a new pitch, but they always have the most command. Like Greg Maddox threw complete games on 80-some pitches. He didn't throw the hardest or anything, but he knew how to hit his spots and uh, succeed in the, in the right moments. So that's, mm-hmm. uh, you know, you're not going to have your best stuff every night, but the consistent professionals and the ones that are respected do it for a, a long time. Right. And that's, uh, that's mine. I like that. So I don't know if mine's as articulate because I've told people it and they're like, yeah, keep working on it. <laughs> my, mine is just like uh, for bowling, you have the chance at a perfect game every mm-hmm. single game, right? Uh, and you're always going to have a new frame to start with. And you can knock that joke down on the first try. Even if you don't, if you don't knock it down on the first try, you're going to have a chance to knock it down on the second try. And then if even if you don't close that out, you move on to the next frame and you have another chance to knock it down again. That's interesting. There's something you know, there. There's something, there's something. there. It, it, the, yeah. the thing is with me, I'm just, I got very into bowling a couple years ago and just, you know, therapeutic for me to play. Like in the sense of like. You're baseball. an interesting guy. I don't mean to cut the, you're an interesting guy. Oh, thank you. You're, you're well, into well, bowling? I'm very into, I got very into bowling a couple years ago. My friends and I would like gamble and play for money and Ooh, I, uh, I can't gamble i'm not allowed no oh you get crazy i, I was an you addict got, i was on six got, different oh. books oh that's a lot yeah that's a lot yeah I'm, i just do it for like the little vices i you know i do small gambling maybe like a five ten dollar game but i could you know i'll get down and i'll be like ah, i gotta play again i gotta play again but i i'm learning to cut my losses you know i'm in the stock market now that's i'm living and learning through that and yeah same, I, same a little bit of gambling a couple options uh those but you want to drink stock tips after this? <laughs> <laughs> we can we can talk about. It. I I don't know. I I, I don't know about. I, I want to get through to the next little thing. Ah, I just I lost money this past week on a Disney call, and I'm very upset over it. Should have okay. cashed out. Earnings came out good, and they were not good for me. But uh, what happened was uh, no, I, we just got into bowling. Like I'm very into like 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 I said, baseball is not really therapeutic. Like I played it growing up, and it's just like all these kids that just want to play like hard i'm like i'm here to be friendly joke around. like i was talking about this yesterday or friday going when i was hanging out with baseball team old baseball teammates we were going skiing again skiing another thing that's just therapeutic and just very fun because you're just by yourself and you're just able to accomplish a goal and just like how exhilarating it is to like go down that mountain or yeah. get that strike or strike the ball in golf and just like have a great shot you know it just feels so good like you put in that work for that one like drive of what you know for that one drive for that one strike and i was i was talking to my uh my baseball friend and again like baseball is just not like therapeutic for me because i would just have fun there i just make friends and like i remember my boy was saying when he was pitching he'd be like dude i still think it's like one of the funniest things when you were in the outfit and you'd be like bring that monterey jack bring the mozzarella And that's what I do. I just be a goofball in the fucking, you know, that was like five, seven, six years ago, you know, and I was just a goofball yeah. in, in the dugout. I was that guy who was just the friendly, the friendly You're a face. locker room guy. You're a locker right. room guy. Yeah. Yeah. I, you know what? I would sign you to a league minimum. You'd be the 26th guy on the roster <laughs> and you would be the glue guy in the locker room. That's what you would I, do. I'd appreciate that. Definitely be making more money than how much I'm making now. 
Yeah, you, you, I think it's like 5K a day or 3K a day league yeah, minimum. That's fucking sick, dude. And yeah. I would just cheer everybody up. I'd be like, why are we down? We're all fucking you, – you, like, I like to cheer people up. I like, hey, man, you got this going for you. You got that going for you. Hey, yeah, and then you have to deal. Well, then also you're gonna have to learn Spanish because the Dominican guys and the Cuban guys, <laughs> you're gonna have to handle that. I'm gonna need a translator. Yeah, I'm gonna sign a 27th guy. It's just not gonna work. <laughs> he'll take. He'll take my cut. But uh, so you're into this whole like therapy sports thing. That's really right. interesting. Um, like I had to do that for golf over the over the quarantine because I, what happened was I got very into. Uh, conspiracies, and I got down a deep, dark rabbit hole. And what are you on, like QAnon or something? I got into it. Yeah, no. I just, I just read into it. I just no. read into all the old adrenochrome, and I was like, oh, this is scary stuff. It has to Dude, be I'm scared. I think my dad's getting it. into QAnon. I think my dad's. Getting uh, into it's just like the thing is, like, if they like, you can mention anything, and anything is possible. Like, I've made cartoons about horses betting on humans racing, so it's like. It's not hmm. possible. It's not a real world, but you can make it and show it. So yeah. it's like when people talk about like draining little kids' blood, like it's almost like so close to being real. You're like, oh, that's scary to even think about. So it's like yeah. I got down that rabbit hole and I was like, I got to get out of here. So I just went and golfed all of like August and just yeah, golfed. I played like a lot of golf, man. Days. Yeah. And it was, you know, it was very therapeutic, you know, like being, I, I would go alone a lot and, uh, I would go with friends here and there. Cause my friends aren't that good. So like, sometimes like they're holding you back and I'm like, all right, dude, like I'm, I'm there on their third shot. I'm still waiting to hit my second shot from my drive. You know what I mean? And I'm yeah, like, I on. know exactly. Oh my God. So like, I, I think my handicap's like, I don't know, like 17, 18. I haven't played in a while. So it's mm-hmm. probably now it's like 18 to 20, but like, so you when can I, play and keep up. Yeah, right? like, so, what'd you say? You can play and keep up, though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's like when my buddies that, like, don't play or play the three times a year want to get out there and play, and they just hack, 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 and they're like, I'm like, just pick up. And they're like, no, I want to practice. I'm like, it kills me. Like, I have to play by oh, myself. Oh, yeah. I put, on exactly. my, I put on my 70s and 80s classic rock playlist. I get out there yeah. and relax. You just, you just vibe out. I roll up a joint. I get on the course. You know, it's just a great fucking time. Boom. There it is. And it's just very therapeutic. Maybe maybe I'll talk. Of, think of a joke or two while I'm out there. Mm-hmm. The joke I had for golf. The joke I had uh, again is just these jokes I make. Sometimes they're just so specific. I hate that comedy subjective. Whatever. But I yeah. made this joke about again how I got into conspiracies over quarantine, and I just got down this deep dark rabbit hole. So I so I went out and golfed, and I helped clear my mind. You know, get out into the wilderness. And uh, but then when you're on the golf course, you you one day you shoot an 85 and you feel great. But then the next day you go to the same exact course and shoot a hundred and it had you more delusional than when you were watching conspiracy. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. And that joke would kill at a fucking uh, clubhouse. At a, at a fucking clubhouse. I said, yeah, dude. Oh my God. I, I mean, I am the king uh, of the golf joke. So probably the only good one I'll hit all day. Oh, bad <laughs> day golf is better than a good day with the misses. Am I right, fellows? <laughs> I mean, I kill uh, in the clubhouse. Yeah, that's that's. I mean, again, locker room guy. That's what it's all about. I'm a locker room guy. Yeah, that's what it's all I, about. I wanted to like when it came to like my baseball job. I didn't really want to be so like day one of intake of the agency I worked at. They're like, all right, what's everybody want to do? And they're all talking. They're like, I want to be the youngest GM. I want to be a GM. I want to be a president of baseball ops. And I'm like. Dude, I, I want to be a comic, but, like, if I have to be a fielding coordinator for a minor league team, like, I'm cool with that. And um, <laughs> then I just realized, like, I'm probably not cut out to do this. Yeah. How'd you realize that? Because I just, I mean, I was trying so hard to, like, get to Philly, and I was an hour and a half away, and I'd go to shows, and then I'd do my podcast throughout the week, and I was just like, yeah, man, there's no way I can balance doing a job that's nights and weekends, like baseball, and also try to be a comic. Yeah, it's very tough. That's the thing just, with my day job. It's perfect. I work in schools. Yeah. And, uh, uh, but the, the, and I, the thing is, I would get, uh, last year I was working, I work as a substitute so I can pick and choose when and where I want to work if it's available. Uh-huh. And, uh, last, you know, this time last year, well, this time last year was COVID, so I was not getting work. But last school year, when I was getting pretty consistent work, I would get great material out of it. And I was working, yeah. I would work like, I work like, so I'm not a teacher. I'm a para, which is a teacher, like an assistant. I work with kids who have like special needs, learning yeah. disabilities, allergies, stuff like that, or behavioral problems. 
and I was like their nanny. And basically, I would either work with general education students who would like just have like allergies and I'd just carry their EpiPen around, or like they would be like a little special needs, and I'd have to tell them to focus on their work. You know what I mean? And uh, it, I would get great material out of it. I would be like, oh, I love, you know, I feel like I found my calling, which is kicking kids' ass in gym class because that's just, <laughs> you know what I mean? Uh, yeah. And it, but now I'm working with like these six, seven year olds who are just like nonverbal and you just have to repeat everything and you're very hands on. And I'm basically like their personal teacher. You know what I mean? I'm like, there's a teacher, but I'm basically like doing everything with them. And it's just a lot of work, Look, you know, and uh, it's a great day job, though, because I can do comedy at night. And, yeah. you know, my day, my day is over. My work, like, as a para, you leave work at work. As a teacher, you have to bring your work home. You know what I mean? So, like, mm-hmm. I'm sort of working towards getting my teacher's degree. But I, because uh, I do have an associate, and yeah. I got this whole job in order for me to go back to school, because this job will actually pay for you to go back to school and finish your undergrad. So that's why I have the job in the first place. But now comedy is really taking off. So I'm really conflicted. But I'm just taking it day by day and seeing where it's going. I'm slowly starting to get work again. It's funny because I, I I haven't been getting work at all, right? And now I got consistent work at this one school for the last month and a half. And I have off of work now for the whole week. And I'm like, oh, I need this week off because these kids were so stressed. Brutal, yeah. And it's just funny how last year, you know, December, I was like, I need fucking work. Can I get fucking work? And I'm fiending for it. But now I'm like, oh, yeah, I got to take off. That's wild, man. And it's just, it, it is stressful. But again, a lot of, you know, a few material. Uh, can I run my newest joke by you? Yeah, if you I mean, think I'm, I'm a, if you think I'm a good litmus test, yeah. <laughs> but basically, uh, like I said, I work with these students, and the students I'm working with now they're like six, seven year olds, and uh, like uh, they they have these like uh, reward systems set up where they will uh, reward you for doing the task that you had at hand, and basically they'll reward you with like you do your task, you, you'll get rewarded with like uh, a ball, you know, you get to play with a ball, or you get to play with the trampoline. But mm-hmm. the student that I work with, one of his rewards is to be tickled. <laughs> so, hey, at least I'm getting paid to tickle little boys now, right? Oh, man. But oh. It's, it's, it's good because I have a lot of experience in it. No, oh, there it is. It, you know, There it is. You know, it's so funny, dude. I've been telling that and I'll be like, that's the only actual joke of it. And nobody likes it. About the well, I think they're just put off put by the tickling little boys thing. Yeah, well, I mean, the thing is, like, so like that's all true. So they laugh at right. the true part, but then I'm like, oh, it's okay because I've had plenty of experience. That's the joke part, but they can't differentiate <laughs> that, which is sort of annoying. You know what I mean? I'm like, okay, fuck you guys. Honestly, you- what got me? Honestly, what got me is just like how you set it up with the th- rule of thirds. You're like, some kids get the ball, right. some some kids get the trampoline. I got a kid that likes to be tickled and then you cut it there. Uh, mm-hmm. That was, that made me laugh. And then, then you kind of like overkilled it with the whole, uh, I have a lot of experience tickling little boys. Mm-hmm. But again, you're, it's up to the artist. It's up to the artist's discretion. But the part that yeah. killed me was the, I appreciate was you honestly the setup. I appreciate you letting me run that. Yeah. So that's been one of my newer jokes. So like, again, that's like things I talk about, you know, just like life experiences and like what, is going yeah, on. Oh yeah, like, man. I, I thrive off it. human interaction and I haven't right. been able to get human interaction because right. I write a lot about everyday mundane things. And, right. and it's, it's tough for me. Like, what am I going to do? Like I sit in an office, my parents have a business and like, I talk to the maintenance man and my parents and that's it. And I watch the news. I can't really get a lot of stuff out of that. Right. It's tough. It's tough stuff. I know. I feel you on that. It's uh, but luckily, you know, I've been getting more ten minutes. There haven't been too many mics in the last couple of months, but yeah. I have been getting on a few more shows. So I've been running like ten minute sets, and I have had over ten minutes of material. I've been doing a lot of old stuff that like sort of port- portrays who I am, and doesn't really matter whether it's uh, COVID p- p- pandemic or not. But I, and then I've also tied in some new pandemic jokes, so like it yeah. feels natural. I haven't honestly written anything about the the pandemic or, or a joke that falls in line with that. And I don't know why that is. I guess it's just like 
I mean, if you're not cut out for it, you're not going to offer it. Like, I'm not going to force myself to sit down and write yeah, a joke exactly. about the pandemic. Yeah, it's not like you're writing for like a TV network where you're like, you got to punch out these jokes right now. <laughs> you know what, I mean? like, what do you think about stuff like that? What do you think about like the late night television and everything? Uh, I mean, it would be cool to have a late night set on TV to show my friends and people be like, oh, Jarrett was on TV. I know him. Yeah. But uh, as in writing for that, like I could write jokes, I feel like, but it's just like, I'm more of a talker and not a writer. Right. But again, I am a writer, but I just rather talk my stuff out and then write it afterwards. Mm -hmm. But uh, if I had assignments, I don't know, I'd be open to doing it. I, I'm open to a lot of things at the moment, but I'm just working on it. I, I like I like late night TV. It's cool. It's, yeah. it's, it's, a, it's just another exercise of being able to write. Yeah. I know a lot of people like to mock it and... I, and you know my my show is what it is and and that's fine and but um i think i think if i were ever somehow like develop a late night show here's how i would do it you can tell me it's a good idea or a bad idea i think doing five hours of uh, five hours of tv a week is is dumb i don't think we should be they should be doing that at all i think there needs to be two episodes a week you do one on tuesdays you do one on fridays mm. and then you bring on people that your friends with or people that you like and you don't sit up there and you don't say movies coming out on Tuesday. Let's talk about the movie. Did, oh, this stunt scene was crazy. Like you actually talk to the person and you get good content out of the genuine conversation. And then you bring on maybe a musical guest and stuff like that. And, uh, you have your one sketch and that's it, you know, and maybe mm -hmm. don't do a five minute monologue. Maybe just say like, welcome to the show. Today's our guest is da 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 da. I yeah. don't know. That's, that's how, I, that's where I am right that's now in terms of what I would do if I had a show. Well, do you watch it at all or no? I don't watch. Sometimes I watch it. I watch. I watch. Uh, I watch Conan, mm -hmm. and uh, yeah, that's that's really just about like background noise. I'll I'll be watching South Park, and then it'll change to the nightly show. But I don't really like watch yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, I don't really watch it. Watch it either. But that's how some people get their news. Uh, so maybe that's why they have it on every day. That's a good point. That's a good point about that being a news kind of a news show. So that's a good <laughs> point. But uh, yeah, I, I like to watch old, you know, Letterman stuff. I like to watch old, old Conan stuff. I don't hate late night television. I know a lot of people mock it, but I, I don't like it. Yeah, I, I don't. I don't like hating on it. I mean, I'd love to work for it one day, right? Sketches and uh, but that's the thing. That's the thing. I and and comedy is like one of the only things where people will like mock you for making money or like mock you for yeah. like quote unquote selling out. Like you yeah. have a job writing jokes and you quote yeah. unquote sold out. We just talked about that with Instagram, right? Like me posting. I told you people will make fun of me for posting like boomerangs. Of Do they really people. mock you for that? Yeah, well, I, a name I like, a boomerang boy. <laughs> they called me the other day, which was great. That's and, actually not bad. Right? I liked it. I liked the boomerang boy. I, 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 I'm like, yo, catch, catch a good rang of me, bro. You know? <laughs> and uh, hey, man, they'll repost it. And, then, and that's just, you know, marketing. They're, you know, they're seeing me. And you'll mock me for it. But then when I'm getting more followers and people are seeing more, you'll be like, oh, how do I do that? And I'm like, I showed you. And I told yeah, you. Yeah, that's honestly how I probably followed you. Maybe maybe Clyde exactly. reposted the boomerang. Yeah. There you go. And you're like, oh, he's saying something funny. I think I'll follow this guy. And that's that's exactly how it is. Just like people people are just envious. You know, they'll see you writing and doing a job. And they'll be like, oh, why can't I have that? Why can't I have that? And the thing is, people do too much asking of why and not asking of how. Ooh, now we're yeah. getting deep and philosophical. Yeah. I like it. I'll just say regular words and people will be like, oh, shit, you just said regular words and <laughs> make them sound so philosophical by turning it into a quote. <laughs> I was just getting yeah. fun for that yesterday. The problem the problem I have when I do like solo episodes sometimes uh, is like I'll, I'll start talking about a topic and then it'll just be the most random metaphor about, you know, time travel or something like that. Uh -huh. How that compares to walking through the grocery store. And then and I just lost myself in my own metaphor. I have a problem. <laughs> oh, dude, I mean, I feel like that's happened a whole bunch with me on this podcast today. Yeah, so one quick thing before we get out of here. I Jared is a sneaker guy, and I want to be a sneaker guy. I like Air Max 1s, and I like... I think that might be it. I don't know. I like Air Max 1s. <laughs> so I've been doing this thing lately. I had it on my Instagram story at Franco's World underscore, and I asked people, this was months ago, like, give me your favorite TV show, and I'm going to design a shoe or a colorway based on the logo of the show. Or if it's not a good logo, then I'll base it off the show itself. 
I asked Jared this because he's a sneaker guy, and he told me Fairly Odd Parents was arguably his favorite show of all time. Kind of a weird choice Up for there. a grown man, but <laughs> hey, man, you can't forget your roots. <laughs> uh, but but uh, I designed a colorway for him. I I wanted to put something on the back, like Cosmo and Wanda on the back. I want to have one shoe be green, one shoe be pink, but I couldn't do it because there wasn't a lot of yeah. options. Limited. But, limited. but what are your thoughts? And I'll put this up along with the show. But what are your thoughts on the fairly odd ones? I I really like them. You know what? Maybe ooh, I'm looking at them now. I love the pink, love the green. We discussed it earlier. The green could be a little bit more greener, right? We discussed mm-hmm. that. I love the black sole at the bottom. I, I would, I think I'd leave the white sole as well, right? But may, maybe I, I'd, I'd like to see how it looked black. I'd probably leave it white. But now I'm looking at it. I would turn the Nike check gold for the wand. The wand. Oh. Right. That would be hot. There was no, there was, was no, no like gold. yellow. There was like a honeycomb, and it yeah. wasn't yellow. Like I didn't like it. I think that all oh, you tried it, maybe like the Nike Air on the back, written in gold or something like that. But that would be a nice little touch. Other than that, I think they're they're perfect, and I'm a big fan. I'll send you. Uh, hold on. I, uh, I got a couple other shows. If you just want to like see the other ones I made, and we can just yeah, go through this you, whole thing. You can send those to me. I don't mind. Okay, so here come. I'm sending you right now. Uh, the King of Queen. You like King of Queens? I'm a fan. Okay, here's the King of Queens shoes, and then this is funny. I'm literally sending emails while I'm on the show. <laughs> this is great. Do you watch The Mandalorian? No. Okay, never mind. You're skipping that. Um, <laughs> let's see here. Law and Order. Mm, yeah, SVU. Do you know? But you know Law and Order though. Yeah, I've heard of it. Okay, okay. I'll send you that, and then uh, I think that's good. Yeah. Okay. Coming to you. Here's the uh, the King of Queens and the Law & Order shoes. They're brown. Oh, okay. A little UPS type of action? Yeah. I, I couldn't get, like, the logo. I, wait, did the back not come with? Because the back says King and Queen. Oh. All right. I don't think it came with. All right. Well, never mind. It's not <laughs> Am I Oh, the Law & Order one. Those are pretty nice. The Law & Order ones are tight. I would wear those. Those are tight. I would wear those. See, this is what I want to do. Like, I want to get to a point because I, I want to be a shoe guy eventually. Mm-hmm. Maybe not like to the extent that you probably want to be, but I would like to have some <laughs> nice well, shoes. I've been doing it for over ten years now, so it's like I there's a thing between being a shoe guy, sneakerhead, hype beast, you know. But it's like I just like sneakers and I like looking good in my outfits. So like, I like to have a nice, fresh. I don't always have a fresh pair. I do wear my sneakers so they get dirty. I think that just adds to the character of the yeah, shoe. I beat mine. I beat mine up. Yeah, like it gets to I like I won't if I beat it past a certain point, they're either gym shoes or like playing in mud shoes, so like I won't wear them out anymore. But for the most part, like my shoes are pretty pristine. I say that yeah. very casually because they're not, but I just I've been in it like I said, I've been in it for like over 10 years now. I just like to wear sneakers that I that I like. And I don't mm-hmm. like go out of my way to like purchase things anymore or trade. So I you I don't get be, on the sneaker app that Nike sneakers. Be, app? Yeah, I used to be all up in that. That's you never went on that, but like I used to be on like Facebook Marketplace. Facebook before they had a marketplace, we wow. would have we would have groups where we would trade, and like there would be forums where we would just talk and be like, oh, I used to be I used to be on Facebook this Facebook group called uh, I forgot the name of it, but we would have uh, outfit battles. And we would have out. That's so funny that you laughed that loud at that. Which <laughs> is, that's just what we would do. You know, that was the sneaker. That was the sneaker. I just uh, like the term battle. Like it's a whole yeah. battle. Yeah, yeah. We would have a legit. It, so he would post the photos of us side by side, and then he'd post the comment, be like, "Vote for vote for Jared. Vote for Franklin." And uh, whoever got the most votes would win. And uh, it was a lot of fun. You know, you'd, you'd take a fresh fit pick, you'd send it to him. Hopefully you find a battle. And uh, that's yeah, absolutely wild. I didn't even know this underworld exists. Right. It's a whole new world that's for me. It, it's like, it's like me, how I found comedy. I'm like, I had no idea this exists, but I just fucking love it. You know, that's and wild. it's just, you find these kinks. If it kinks, I guess you can look at it as a kink. You find these like niches in life and just like gravitate towards them. And it's just like, wow, there's a whole community of these people. And you just, feel more connected to people through that and it's just it's awesome you know yeah i want to get to a point where in terms of my entertainment career Mm -hmm. where like once a year or once every so often i 
do a colorway like that and I and I release it essentially like I buy like I create like I don't know maybe 50 pairs and then like I release them out and then like my people that listen to me and stuff like that or like my stuff can like buy them as well and it can be like a thing does that does that make sense that you can't you like releasing a sneaker that you made you're saying essentially yeah yeah, I know people who who do that. They there was actually this one guy recently. He was making sneakers, so he was making his own shoe from scratch. Yeah, no, I'm not doing that. But the silhouette was very Nike like, but it didn't have a check. It would have like his like uh like the ch- it would be the check, but when you get to the swoosh part of it, it would be like the Freddy face, the Freddy mask. And uh, he got like uh, he got like sued for it, but he would Ooh. he would make his own sneakers, his own. He would release old colorways of the Nike SB, but put his own check and put his own logo on it. Uh-huh. And uh, they did not let that fly. Uh, what do you think Nike would do if I did what I'm doing now? But it's like it's all Nike, and I'm not taking credit for it, other than I, this is my colorway. All, you, all you're doing is just making them on on nike id and then flipping them essentially is what you're saying not necessarily not flipping them for like profit but just being like a cool thing like yeah yeah i get what you're saying no they were obviously not if you're buying from them they don't care what you do with the sneaker after that like once okay. you purchase their sneaker they don't give a fuck but yeah i know people who customize sneakers that's a big that's a big world customization i you know i know all about this guy mosh 275 that guy's a killer he just puts you know he's an artist and he just fucking makes people sneakers and uh He's made sneakers for like LeBron James and like fucking. Uh, is this the guy? Is this the guy that spray paints OBJ's cleats? Uh yes, I think. Uh, this is there. Actually, there might be another guy. I think OBJ uses another guy, but I think Mosh has done something for uh, OBJ. M A C H E two seven five. I remember this guy's at five hundred. I'm looking at his Instagram right now. He's at five hundred seventy two hundred thousand. Wow, I, that was the wrong. The way I said that. 572,000 followers. I remember he used to post a photo of, he's a sports guy, so he would post a photo of a jersey. Like he would post Ken Griffey Jr. when he hit 24K. You know what I mean? Yeah. Clearly he's not doing that anymore, but I remember when I was following him, he was doing that. You know what I mean? That's really cool though. Oh, look, I just went to my Instagram uh, messages and shows how long you've been following someone and it says you followed this Instagram account since 2012. So, you wow. know, to see him eight years, you know, nine years now, how far this guy has grown. And, you know, that's just where sneakers are. He, you know, his the community will back you if, you know, they, they like what you do and put out. So, yeah, if you put out sneakers like that and people are interested, I think you could do it. There it is. I, again, like, this is, like, solely, like, people listen to, like, the, the show and, and then, uh, you know, whatever happens and with my stand-up happens with my stand-up and, like, you know, develop somewhat of a fan base. I think it'd be cool to have a limited release shoe yeah. every now and again. Yeah, that'd be pretty cool. Yeah. I'll I, I'll, I'll get you on the wait list for the first pair on me. <laughs> hey, you're making the Cosmo Wandas. That I is the that. Cosmo. Is that what we're calling it? Or are we calling the Fairly Cosmo Odd Wanda, Ones? The Fairly Odd one. They could be the Fairly Odd Ones. But Cosmo Wanda, you ain't slick. You know what I mean? <laughs> Everybody's going to be next to me. I wanted to do, I wanted to like make the airbag black for Mr. Crocker. Mm. But that would have been too much black. Yeah, Mr. Croc. He's yeah. He's eh, just that's basic. I get what you're saying though. Yeah. So, All right. Well, uh, again, if you uh guys go follow Jared at the Kid Jared, great follow. Anything you'd like to leave the people with, my friend? Uh, no. Nah, again, just follow me on social media. Come to the sh- come to my show in the city every Tuesday. Follow us. We we haven't thrown a show in three weeks because we're an outdoor venue at the moment, and it's snowed every Tuesday. But tomorrow's looking pretty good, so we might do it. But we're you know follow us on Instagram at Mama's Boy Comedy at the Kid Jared. Uh, I'm just doing comedy and uh, hoping to make a career in it. Uh, hopefully, I don't know if you guys could help out. I'd really appreciate that. <laughs> yeah, give him a follow. He's a good guy. Don't say I had to stop saying this too. I'm gonna, I'm, I'm gonna make you stop saying it as well. Don't say hopefully. You are a comic. You are uh, making a career out of comedy. Well, uh, just hopefully make a career out of it. I am a comic. I do say I'm a comic, but the the career part. Uh, it's, that the thing is, there's not a career in stand up. Really, it's it's all about the other adventures. 
You know what I mean? Uh, yeah, I mean, you're absolutely right. I mean, gosh, we could talk for another hour about right, this. How, right, exactly. How, how it's how it's like, you know, all these people are like making money with ads. Like you don't get paid for spots as much anymore. No, no. I was lucky to even get paid for any spot this year already, which has been sick, you know. But, do you think there's like a, too many people trying to do stand-up that you think it's too diluted? Oh, well, thank God for the pandemic because it has thinned the herd, which is what we needed. That's what I heard. I asked James that. I asked Cam- uh, Mr. Camacho that, and he's like, I haven't seen a ton of people, but I don't pay attention to what everybody else does. Right, exactly. You can't, but you have to. But you, when you do pay attention, you're like, oh, that guy hasn't been around in six years. Thank God. You know? Yeah. But So do you think it's a lot of people just taking up stage time that didn't really want to be there, and then the pandemic hit, and then it's like, okay, I'm out. Yeah, that's what it's seeming like now, but it's like, oh, but we're we're looking out for our grandparents. Okay, I'm looking out for my mental health. You know what I mean? I have to be on stage in order to survive, too. Yeah. Some people don't have feelings for other people as much as other, you know, as much as they need to. Yeah, I, I get what you're saying. I get what you're right. saying. <clears throat> for me, you know, being in West Virginia, and, you know, I had... Um, you know, I had an interview with New York Mets to like, this was after 2019 season ended, had an interview work with New York Mets 2020 season. And then that got banged. Ah, Um, so I was like, shoot, now I can't go to New York to try to do my standup stuff. So I had to, and then I also had another interview to work with NBC on the Olympics and then there was no Olympics. So like both the jobs that were going to be in New York got banged. And now I'm like, I had to move back home to West Virginia and had to do a whole, mental rehab and figure out what was yeah. you know what i need to do and honestly i know i these zoom shows i know a lot of people mock them but for me it's like my only opportunity i use this show as like reps i i, I do like reps you on should. the show but yeah, man. also talking, like the zoom shows and stuff are, are reps for me so that's been a great outlet yeah. that's what you need to do i mean everybody's gotta find you know their way of uh of, of just being able to stay mentally healthy you know for me it's mental health over physical health so i have to go mm-hmm. out you know i can't sit in the house it's just not healthy for me like i said that's why i go bowling that's why i go golf so <laughs> yep yeah just banging yeah. pins and boomerangs that's what, that's what jared does folks. and chilling you know and chilling yeah dude that's i, I need to come up with a thing i need to come up with a thing everybody everybody i dude it will come it came to me. It'll come to you. I panic a lot. I mean, I get a lot of panic attacks. Maybe I could be the panic attack guy. Oh, no. I already know a panic attack and po- uh, podcast. I don't want to plug them, but <laughs> I, know, I know that guy already. He's great. It's... Wait, what? There's a guy that does that? Uh, No, his, his name, they have a, it's called Panic Attacking Podcast. Mm-hmm. Uh, Steven Rogers and Andrew Chavon. Very funny guy. Steven Rogers. He opens up for uh, Brian Regan. Yeah, I know Steve. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's great. You should get him on. I mean, he's, he's probably a little bit too big time for me, honestly. Oh, I'll reach out to uh, I'll I'll, you, I'll uh, whatever. I'll cut all this. I'm that's stumbling. That's his uh, thing. He's very panic attacking uh, guy. Really, I appreciate you coming on, man. I mean, you're a great guest. You're a funny guy. Uh, you got any big projects coming out or anything in particular? Uh, I will be in Houston. If you have any Houston listeners, uh, I get a couple of Texas listeners, but they're in the Austin area. Ah, uh, well, I'll be I'll be in the Houston area at uh, Comedy Hub Houston with Karen Feehan uh, in March, March twentieth. Uh, I the only other projects I got are my show Mama's Boy Comedy, which I don't think I mentioned earlier. Uh, Mama's Boy Comedy. That's M O M M A S. B-O-Y comedy on Instagram and Twitter. I don't really post on Twitter, but we're a show every Tuesday at the moment outside. Uh, we might be going inside in a couple weeks. I'm mm-hmm. getting the details on that. But other than that, you can follow me on just Instagram at the kid Jared. Uh, uh, thanks for stopping by, everyone. Follow the kid Jared. In the meantime, keep taking care of yourselves and keep all those questions coming when I do them. I don't know why I said that. Um, Uh, Just uh, stay safe, have fun, and uh, we'll see you when we see you. Bye.